0: Aren't you thankful to be in a place among a people where God's working, uh, and He is? That wasn't a near big enough. Amen. <laughs> the, uh, I know we're in a moment of worship and, and, and reflection coming out of that, and, and everything. But uh, God, God is working, and I don't have to tell you that. I mean, it's just—it's just very obvious. You know, we're we're seeing people being ministered to. We're seeing people being saved, and. Uh, he's working in our our children and youth and in our college ministry among our adults he's and it's not just that he's bringing people in but people are being ministered to that's why they're coming in you know and and so uh, so thankful for that so thankful for what uh, God is doing uh, uh, around us and Got a big summer of missions and, and, and service and ministry uh, coming up and looking forward to seeing how God does that in a unique and new way because God's been working on us, preparing us to go out. And and many of you are going out and reaching out and people are responding. We're seeing prayers answered. By the way, we've been praying for Brian Witschek. Uh, Brian has uh, been on, uh, going through kidney failure. And if many of you remember uh, a, a while back, I'm not sure, maybe... Not quite a year ago or so, his wife, Teresa, they got into a program where she wasn't a match for him, but she donated her kidney to someone she was a match for. And being in that program, uh, whenever someone came into that program that was a match for Brian's kidney, then he could get that kidney. And just so happens, somebody's joined the program that's a match for Brian. And so this this coming up in, a, in a, another uh, maybe a couple of months, sometime in June, he's going to be going through a kidney transplant, uh, which is needed. Uh, God's been gracious to him and, and kept him from having to go on dialysis and things like that and has provided this for him. God's answering prayers. and just, But understand this as we're here tonight. Just because God's working in this place doesn't mean that God's working in you or that you're responding to God's working in you. God can work around you. But there are times when we need to get selfish and say, God, I want you to work in me and through me, whatever it takes. And I, I, I pray, uh, we've been praying for this night. We've been praying for this time together. And uh, already even tonight, just uh, I was just having a, my own little worship service you know, over there in our prayer time and our worship time, just you know, sensing the spirit of God, uh, God speaking into my life, reminding me of his goodness, reminding me uh, that we've been praying for these. See, sometimes we don't step out in faith because we're afraid God's gonna fail. We don't want to look stupid. We don't want to look, you know, especially in ministry. You don't want to do something in ministry and say, we're going to do this, and then you do it, and you go, you know, like that, and, and and everything, because we don't want to look like failures. But but he won't fail. <laughs> he, he does not fail, and I'm so thankful that we can can trust him and what he's doing. First Corinthians chapter 15 is where we're going to uh, be here tonight. Uh, we are... Uh, uh, understand this as, as we 're talking about this and talking about what god 's going on around us that we are not just physical beings merely physical beings we we are physical I mean I see you there and you see me and and we shake hands and we bump fists and we hug necks and you know and we talk to one another we engage one another we are Physical beings, but we're not merely physical. Matter of fact, uh, the physical being is the the lesser part of us. We are spiritual beings, created for a spiritual relationship with a spiritual God. That is that is who we are. That's who we are at the core. That is who each and every one of us uh, are. We are our spiritual beings. Uh, created for a spiritual relationship with the spiritual God. Now, this spiritual relationship that we have with him, there is a a process to it. We come to faith, and between that time we come to faith and the time that we go home to glory, God works in us, he molds us, he conforms us into the image of Christ. And and so uh, there's that that constant growing process, that maturing process. It is a part of our life here. But there are also, along that journey, along that way, There are those moments when God shows up and everything in life changes. And that's what I want us to to, to focus in on tonight are those moments. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 52, of course, he's talking about a a definite moment. uh, And as he says there, he says, um, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. He's talking about this change when we change from this physical into something completely spiritual and completely glorious in the presence of Christ and how it happens in a moment. That word moment, it it literally means to not cut. It's talking about a moment in time, a second, if you will, getting down to the very minute part of a second that you can't divide it anymore. Uh, I was reading somewhere where it said it's this word moment is talking about one billionth of a second. That's, that's how, to getting down to that point that you can't divide it up uh, anymore, not one billion seconds, but one billionth, you take a second and you divide it up into a billion parts, that little part is the moment that he's taken, in just an, less than that, in an instant, God changes things. And He talks about in the, in the twinkling of an eye. That's the the idea of the the blinking of an eye, and and that is so rapid that, that our vision doesn't even change. We don't. I mean, your eyelid is going all the way down where it's completely black and back up, but we don't see any blackness. Matter of fact, you're not even aware of how many times you blinked since you've been here tonight. And when you get when you got here, you know some of you some of you should have stayed at the mirror a little bit longer. But but uh, uh, when you looked in the mirror, you're looking in the mirror, and you're not seeing yourself blinking everything. You're just, Seeing your, yourself, you know, uh, as you are—that's how quick that we're talking about. It, that just in an, God shows up for a billionth of a second. God shows up in the twinkling of an eye, and the blinking of an eye, and everything changes. Everything changes. The impact of a moment with God. The Bible talks about these different. Moments that, that happen in our lives that that change us. There's that, that moment when we are saved. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, in verse 17 uh, there, he talks about what happens when we're saved, when we're changed. Uh, you can look up on the screen if you don't want to, because we're going to be flipping all over the place. You can just write these verses down, or you can try to keep up with me if you want to, but I got, I'm cheating. I've got it tagged, all right? Uh, 5.17, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And the, the idea of this is that it happens in a, in a moment. In a moment, we, everything changes in our life. We go, in a moment, we go from lost to being saved, we go from being filled with sin to being completely clean and forgiven. We go from being a child of Satan to being a child of God. We go from uh, the point of, of hell being our, our eternal destiny to heaven being our eternal destiny in a moment. And, and just the moment we put our faith into, the moment Jesus calls us and we just, we open up our mouth, we open up our hearts to respond in a moment we're saved. We're changed, forever changed. What a glorious moment that is. That's what, what happened to Paul, you know, in a moment. He was there and met Jesus on the Damascus Road. Jesus, the ascended Jesus, the resurrected, ascended Jesus. Yes, he showed up on Damascus Road in a bright light in front of Paul, who was persecuting the church, and said, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And Paul said, who are you, Lord? and he said, I am Jesus. And in a moment, Paul was changed. Paul was changed. You never see him saying, praying a prayer or or saying, I believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Just in a moment, his heart was changed as he believed in Jesus. Salvation happens in a moment. Have you experienced that moment? It's a uh, there is that, that process in growth, but in, a, in an instant, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we are saved. Not only that, but the Bible also talks about how death is, is, is a moment. When we pass from this life, it, it is a moment. Over in the book of Job, in Job uh, chapter 34 and verse 19, not a real familiar passage to us, Uh, Matter of fact, Elihu is the one that is talking, but even these guys that talked with Job, even though their hearts may not have been right, and even though some of the things they said weren't right, some of the things they said were, and here he's talking about death, and he talks about showing no partiality to princes, nor regards the rich more than the poor, for they are all the work of his hands, and it says, in a moment, there's that word, in a moment they die. At midnight the people are shaken and pass away. And the mighty are taken away by no human hand. I, uh, one of the things about being a pastor, and it's not one of my favorite times. Baptism is one of my favorite times uh, this morning uh, and everything. But is, I've been in hospitals. I've been in homes when someone left this life and went into eternity. And I've been around that several times. And, and it happens in a moment. You just don't even realize exactly when it happens. It's so quick. And how we leave this earth, how the, the spirit, the soul leaves this earth. And the Bible tells us that for those that know Jesus in a moment, we are absent from this body and present with the Lord in a, in a moment. It's not a journey. <laughs> it may be a journey getting to that moment. But when it happens in a moment, we are in the presence of Jesus. The presence of Jesus. And then we read the passage there in 1 Corinthians 15. You can turn back there if you if you want to about what happens, what's going to happen at the, at the rapture when those that are alive at that time, and, and I feel like there are many of us here in this room, I hope I'm one of them that's alive uh, when this time happens, that there will be a change that takes place in a moment in 1 Corinthians uh, 15. And then uh, let me back up into verse 51. I didn't read that earlier. It says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed in a moment. in the twinkling of an eye. That's the, the destiny of every one of us here. Either we're going to taste of death or we'll be alive when this moment happens and we'll be changed. The trumpet will sound and in the moment in the twinkling of an eye, we will be forever transformed, giving a glorious body. we gotta, we got to leave these bodies behind. These bodies are messed up, <laughs> and they have been affected by sin. We've been through sin, and no sin, will glory will even be in the presence of Jesus. And so we leave this old body behind, and we are given a glorious new body. That can withstand, that has no sin within it, and can withstand the pure glory and holiness of God. If we went into the presence of God completely with these bodies here, we would die. <laughs> you know, these bodies just would, would would not exist. They cannot be in his presence. They, and, and so we got to get a new body, and we'll receive a, a, a new body, and we'll be with Jesus in all his glory. And the Bible says that will happen in the moment. And the twinkle of an eye. And these are, are of course, our are, are, are life-changing moments. These are, are glorious moments that we're, we're talking about here. But do you understand that, as, as I said earlier, this, this Christian life, once you, you have that moment and you are saved and you are changed, that we have that moment, that there, it is a process, it is a journey, but God knows how we are. And not only God knows how we are, but he desires to be with us so much that in this Christian walk, there are moments when we encounter God. There are moments that change us forever. In a billionth of a second, a billionth of a second in the presence of God can change our lives forever. And he gives us those glorious moments Those are things that I know looking back on my own Christian walk as I was preparing for this. Uh, gave me some of those those stones like, like Trey was talking about, those memorials of, of times in the past, those moments with God uh, and, and knowing how he worked there. But it's all throughout Scripture as well. There are all, all these characters, all these people that are in the Word of God. They they had their moments with God uh, as they were pursuing God and they had the, the learning experiences and things like that, but they had these, these encounters with God where, where one billionth of a second changed their lives. Abraham, we're not sure exactly how that happened we just know at some point it seems like to us out of nowhere we don't have all the details that god just showed up and said abraham come on follow me and i'm going to take you to a i will show you a land he didn't tell him where the land is or what it's going to look like or how they're going to get there he just says follow me and i will show you a, a, a land and all of a sudden in a moment abraham steps out in faith and follows god in a moment and his life changed forever Think about Jacob wrestling with God, wrestling with the angel of the Lord, who I feel was Jesus himself that was doing that. And they were wrestling. Jesus could have whooped him at any moment, but Jesus was bringing him to a moment. He was bringing him to a moment when he not only touched him physically, and he walked with a limp from then on, always reminded of that moment with Jesus. (laughs) Everywhere he went. What are you limping for, Jacob? What happened to you? Jesus touched me. Uh, He had that moment with Jesus. But also where... His life was changed, and instead of becoming a a grabber, pursuing after what he wanted, he became a truster, putting his trust in God. He was changed in a moment. Moses was changed in a moment. That burning bush experience, and yes, there was a dialogue that went on, but when God spoke to him and told him, I am the great I am, and I will be with you. Moses changed. We, we talk about his arguing, how he said, well, I can't speak and all these kinds of things. Do you realize that when Moses left that place, he spoke? <laughs> he, he, it changed him. Yes, he, 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 he wrestled with God a little bit, but somewhere along that line, there was that moment where Moses said, I trust you. And he spoke for God. He spoke what did what god told him to do he led the people of israel he saw miracles perform he parted the red sea all of these things and it all happened in a moment joshua Joshua had his moments with God. We read in the book of Exodus about Joshua and Moses going to the tabernacle and meeting with God and Moses coming out to talk to the people and tell them what God said. And Joshua said, I'll just stay in here a while uh, and stayed with God. But then when they got to the point and Moses had passed on and Joshua was leading the nation of Israel before they went in the promised land, uh, after they had crossed Jordan and after they, but before they went in that promised land and stuff, he met the commander of God's armies. He met Jesus and Jesus told him who he was and he fell on his face before the lord and worshiped him and then went out in victory after victory after victory because of that moment with Jesus we read about others in the old testament solomon who prayed and and uh, as he the te- the temple was dedicated and the fire of god fell and the glory of god filled the temple. And and Solomon and those priests were changed in a moment. We read about Isaiah and how he was grieving over Uzziah. And then all of a sudden, in a moment, God showed up. And he saw the Lord high and lifted up. And he said, woe is me. And then the angels came and said, lo, this this coal has cleansed you. He perceived the cleansing and forgiveness of God. And then God said, whom shall I send? And Isaiah had been changed in a moment and said, here am I, send me. Send me. And then in the New Testament, oh, just think of all the people that Jesus touched in a moment. In the New Testament, that woman at the well that came to Jesus and wanted to get in a theological discussion with the Son of God <laughs> and, uh, and, and tell her how things were. And, and then she finally gets to that point and tries to kind of get him off track. Because and and, he told her about you know, her, her lifestyle and her husband's and the man that she was living with. And he gets, she goes, you know, you're a prophet, aren't you? I, I perceive that you're a prophet. And the prophets talk about the Messiah coming. And then Jesus said that. I am and in a moment everything changed in her life She left those water pots behind. And whereas she had been hiding from the people, ashamed of her life, she went and told everybody, you got to come beat this guy up at the well. It is the Messiah. It is him. He has come. And she wasn't ashamed anymore because he had cleansed her. In a moment, she had been saved and she had been changed. You think about the the Gadarene demoniac and how how he was uh, controlled by this legion of demons with him. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up on the shore, seeks him out, comes comes to him and and, and speaks to the demons within him and says, come out of this man. And in a moment, he's free. He's free. You think of the woman with the issue of blood that that came and, and, and just touched the hem of his garment. In a moment, she's healed. She's healed physically. And then Jesus stops and speaks to her and says, woman, your faith has made you whole. And in a moment, she's healed spiritually. Healed spiritually. You think of the thief at the cross, how he had cried out to Jesus and said, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, This day you will be with me in paradise. And in a moment, he's saved, hanging on a cross. And then he goes through that moment of death, and he goes from being absent in the body to being present with the Lord. Think about Mary after the resurrection, which she didn't know was a resurrection yet, when she went to the garden with the women. And, and of course, the angel appeared and, and told her that, that, you know, why are you seeking the living among the dead? He is risen. And so when she's leaving out, John tells us that, that when she's leaving out, she, she encounters Jesus, but she thinks he's the gardener. She says, you know, tell me, where, where have you laid him? And then Jesus says, Mary. And in a moment, everything changes. Peter, yes, even Peter had his moments. He had a moment when Jesus sought him out as a fisherman and said, come and follow me. He had that moment when listening to Jesus, and all of a sudden the the Spirit just gave him understanding. He said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you. Blessed are you, Simon. He was even able to go up on the Mount of Transfiguration where he saw the glory of Jesus and, and Moses and Elijah were there. He writes about it in his, his writings in First and 2 Peter about seeing the glory of the Lord. And of course, he had his moment when he failed too. But Jesus still came to him and loved on him and said, I've got a job for you to do. Feed my sheep. Simon, do you love me? Lord, you know, I don't love you like I should, but I love you. He said, I'm here for you. I've got a work for you to do, feed my sheep. And then when Simon did what Jesus told him to do and led the people to do what God, what Jesus told them to do, and they stayed there in Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit descended upon them, and they were changed in a moment. He was changed in a moment. Now, we could go on and on about those moments. I could share with you from my life some of the the moments where where Jesus has just showed up. And the thing about those moments is is that that we can't control those moments. God is sovereign and God is in control. But what we can do, and this is where I want us to live as a church, what we can do is live every moment ready for a moment. (laughs) We We can live for the moment we can live in position for the moment you know what i'm talking about you know we've we've had some extreme weather around here and uh you know with the the tornadoes that you know been a while since we've seen anything quite like that and and other extreme weather events and stuff and you can sit here and and just say and just say why well, whatever happens happens and, and 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 all that or you can just be prepared for when the moment comes and that's what we need to be spiritually. We need to be prepared for the moment when it comes. And it may be tonight. It may be here tonight. It may be when you get home tonight. It may be when you wake up in the morning and open up the Word of God that God says, okay, it's time for a moment. And He shows up and everything changes. Everything changes. Well, how do we live for that moment? How are we ready for that, no, that moment? Well, there are a lot of things in Scripture that would get us ready, for, but I've kind of summed it up, narrowed it down into three. These th- these are three musts that you gotta have. You gotta have. Number one is drawing near. You've got to have a heart that is drawing near to God. Uh, Over in the book of James, in James chapter 4. And uh, and by the way, I'm I'm, uh, uh, praying about, and and it looks like God's leading me, that when we get out of Nehemiah next week and stuff, we'll be moving into the book of James. A very practical book, but also just a a book that challenges us to be real in our faith with God. But here in James chapter 4, verse 10, he says, Draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. That's the moment. And so, as long we got to be drawing near to God, we got to be seeking God. This is this is kind of how I, I picture that. And uh, it's even continuing right now to to transform my, my worship. You see, God is the one that changes us. We we don't necessarily change ourselves but God is the one that, that changes us God's the father and we're his children and so what we need to do we need to live in this position just like a, a little child that's beginning to walk and, and 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 do those things and and those of you that have children you can remember that when some of your children are at that age right now but when they just they just come to you and they just they just want to be held That's the position of drawing near to God that, God, I just want you. And and although this is a physical position that that I'm in right now, but spiritually, we we just need to stay in this position. Father, I want you. Hold me. Drawing near to God. This heart attitude toward God where we are constantly drawing near to him. Where every day... We open up the Word of God. And that's, that's a, a beautiful way to pray, is just to open up the Word of God and say, Father, I'm here. Speak to me. Speak to me. Daddy, speak into my life. Meet with me and change me. That's the position of, of, of drawing near every day with God and drawing near as a group as well. That's one of the reasons I, 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 like, I love this on, on Sunday nights and I love what we're doing on Sunday mornings and the way God is, is, is working and even Wednesday nights with our youth and our college and, and our Bible studies that we're doing. What, when we come together and, and we come together as a group before the Father, don't you know he's pleased with that? And when you have a body of people reaching out to God, God says, I'm coming in a moment. And he shows up. I, I've been in those situations. I've been in those situations where a multitude of people began to, to, to come before the Lord, and he began to move and to work. So we draw near to God. And not only that, but we also we uh, stay clean before God. In Psalm 51, in verse 10, he talks about creating me a clean heart, O God and renew a right spirit within me. That's where we we, we have our arms up before God, but we're not pursuing anything else. We don't care about anything else. We just want God, we're desperate for God. We want a clean heart before God. We stay, we're gonna make mistakes and we just need to stay clean before God. You know, that's the thing about a child. When a child really wants their daddy or really wants their mommy, it doesn't matter who else is in the room. You can be over there and you can have a bag of candy. You can have dinosaurs or or things like that. And you say, come over here, come. But when they want mama and daddy, they don't care about any of that. That's where we need to get with our relationship with God, our pursuit of God, where we stay clean. I don't want what the world has to offer. I don't want the pleasures of sin. I want you. I want you. And then finally, not only drawing near and, and staying clean, but then humbling ourselves before God. Back in James chapter 4, it's where he says, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Now that's Something that God calls us to, but that's a decision that we've got to make. That's one of the things. He says, humble yourself. In other words, I've got to not deny myself. Take up my cross and follow you. I've got to put self down. I, I've, I've got to, to die to self. And boy, I, I don't know exactly how to do that. And I know I, I can't do that on my own. I need your strength. And he says, that's what I want. He helps us, and he strengthens us to do that. I'll tell you how I, I picture this with our arms open before God, and we don't care what anybody else has to say, but this is, this is how I found, I found myself even this morning when we were singing that, I stand in awe of you. And as I was worshiping him, I found my head doing this and dropping down before God because I don't deserve a moment. I don't deserve his grace, I don't deserve his love. And let me tell you what he did this morning and he's done for me time and time again. Every time I drop my head because I'm not worthy, he reaches down and lifts my head. Psalm three, it talks about that God is the lifter of our head. And he says, look at me, I love you. And let me tell you, when you hear God in his voice tell you that he loves you, it's a moment. It's a moment. And then not only does he lift my head, but he reaches down and puts his arms around me and picks me up. He says, what do you want, child? What do you need, son? I'm here for you. It's a moment. It's a moment. But I have found in my life I need those moments. Those moments. I'm on a journey. And with God's help and God's strength, I'm I'm enduring and, and I want to be steadfast and I want to be faithful. I want to be faithful even when I don't have the feelings. But there are times over and over in my life where I just need a moment with my father. He's always here. He's always but I need a special moment. And I found at the very moment I need it he gives it to me in the very way that I need it. And tonight we're not we're not here to try to force a situation. We're just just wanting to to lay down a mat and and lay down an opportunity that is here and say, God, we're drawing near to you. We're coming to you. And we need a moment with you. And We want to give you an opportunity to to have a moment, a life-changing, Impacting moment with the God who loves you and can do absolutely anything and everything that we need.